Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. New CBS Monday. NCIS is back. We need all hands on deck. So grab your gear. NCIS! And join our elite team. What about the charges? Murder. New cases to be solved. Double tap to the chest. Same caliber as the murder weapon. And new criminals to catch. That's the bomb maker. Where's the bomb? A new NCIS, Monday, 9, 8 central, on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Wilbur, your host. Final game of Super Wildcard Weekend is in the books, almost. We're going early because things got so ugly that we wanted to make sure that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and myself got the full scorn of Ryan Wilson for their pathetic display of football against the Dallas Cowboys on Monday night. Look. You can do whatever you want. By the way, joined by Ryan Wilson of John Breach, of course. Wilson, I mea culpa. I was wrong. The Bucks stink. They're 8-9 for a reason. They did mercifully score some points there at the end. <laughs> Pathetic. Two-point conversion. At least they covered the second half uh, team total over, I think. Um, the, t- the offense is awful. The defense is awful. The coaching is Pathetic. Everything stinks about the Buccaneers. There's no chance Tom Brady's coming back. And I was dead ass wrong about the Buccaneers making any noise in the playoffs. And I knew it the second that Tom Brady threw that red zone interception in the first half. And the second he threw it, I've been an absolute pissant on every text thread and conversation that I'm involved in throughout the entire game. Because all I could think about was you peacocking in here, telling me, asking me if I'm still worried about the Buccaneers being a problem in the playoffs. Am I? No, they're eliminated. The Bucks suck. End of story. Do what you want. Uh, a couple things. By the way, unfortunately, I took the the Buccaneers to win this game because that's a little faith in the Cowboys. We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> Breach, jokes on Wilson. <laughs> Breach number two. I give Brinson credit uh, for saying in Slack that he needed a little space from Billy trying to dunk on him because he was working through his feelings. So that's progress. And I mean, that sincerely. I was catching heat from like a group chat, man. Like it that's was like, fine. No, I'm glad that you. Uh, verbalize your thoughts, and we were able to to react. And finally, Breach, you got your little laugh in there. Did you chuckle head? Uh, Brinson, tell me who said this at 8.02 p.m. In, in our private Slack channel. Fun fact, I'm 11-0 picking games straight up in the wild card game round dating back to last season, which means Buccaneers winning. Who's that, Breach? Whoa, hold on, hold on. Did the Bucs- this is going to be hilarious when the Bucks pull off the, the best I mean, comeback of all time I mean, while we're like, on this podcast. I mean, I am not I, okay. Please, 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 do not read this as me trying to make excuses for the Bucks, like how they oh, could have won. No, but like I think that you look at this game, and, and the Cowboys played a much better game than, than the Bucks. And we said before the game ever began that if the Buccaneer, if the if the Cowboys played their if the Cowboys played to their potential as a team, they could railroad the Bucks, but. 
Like that, the red zone interception by Brady is one of the worst throws he's made in his entire career. Here, let's start with the Cowboys. What they did well? How about that? I just want to point out a couple key plays real quick. Okay. The red zone interception by Brady, like that, you have to get points from there. Like that's something that you wouldn't expect. You would be furious if Brock Purdy did that. The fact that Tom Brady did that is inexcusable. The fourth down play by Unless Mike Ryan Wilson, but go ahead. Right, Mike McCarthy to go for it instead of kicking to go up twenty-one was huevos and shocking. And cr- no, cr- why would he not kick to go up twenty-one three scores? Wait, who are you talking about? My, the, the Cowboys went for it on fourth down like three, right? Instead you understand why, don't you? If they kicked, they would have up twenty-one, right? Preach. She was kicking for him. Oh no, 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 no! I get it. I get it. No, no I, I'm just saying that like Mayor made the extra point. <laughs> Jesus, I, I'm just saying that if you're like, I understand why you wouldn't want Mayor to kick there. Okay, well, again, Mike, okay, McCarthy's, Mike, Mike McCarthy's hand was forced. That's why he did if, that. If you want to extrapolate that out, then Todd Bowles should have been more prepared for a possible attempt at like them going for it on fourth down. Clearly, he wasn't. CD Lamb caught the touchdown pass wide open. I'm just saying if if that place. There are there's a there's a window where the, the Bucks just played the the Bucks played like the Bucks and the Cowboys played to their potential. That's all I'm saying. Breach, what do you think about what the the last thirty seconds of your life has Brinson explained it to you? Uh, I have no idea what just happened. I blacked out <laughs> ten seconds. So I guess that. I guess what about Breach? Does this game change if Tom Brady throws a touchdown instead of an interception on that first red zone possession? On that very first red zone possession. I, I, it's it's a watchable for three quarters instead of one quarter. I still think the Cowboys win, but it just makes it a much more watchable game. So yes, it changes a little bit because we wouldn't have started out. We would have had to wait till the end of the game uh, because it probably would have been a two score game. The Cow Bucks get a garbage time touchdown, cut to one score, and then we can't start. So yes, I do think it would have changed a little bit, but I mean, the, Dak Prescott, this was the best game he's played all season. He yep. hasn't played well since his thumb injury. And it, nobody was beating Dak Prescott tonight. Cowboys, Cowboys receivers were hyper elite tonight too. Like made big contested plays in big spots to convert third downs. The team ended up going seven to thirteen. God damn it! Went ten to seventeen on third down. They had seventeen third down attempts. Yeah, they got they got eight yards on on you know every two. I mean, six point four yards per play to four point nine. Look, look, this is an ass kicking. I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just saying that that Dallas did everything right in the spots that matter where you flip games in the NFL and the Buccaneers did everything wrong. And that's why it was an ass kicking. Yeah, I think, and Breach sort of hinted at this, this is all about the Cowboys. This is The, the Buccaneers just, are who we thought they were, as De- well, Denny, about the Cowboys Denny Green likes to say. And, and Breach, do you have the stats off the top of your head, uh, the last seven games, what our buddy Dak Prescott did before this game? Uh, it was all bad. He threw Through interceptions. interceptions. He led. Yeah, it's been ugly. 11 interceptions those seven games. He was tied. And this is your stat. He was tied for the league league interception with Davis Mills playing five fewer games. He only played 12 games. So and the way they played in week 18 uh, against uh, a Sam Howell led Washington football team commanders had led uh, gave very little inspiration in, or into the idea that they would be able to show up this week, even against this hapless ta- Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm angry that I even had I, I I believe in this Buccaneers team because Brinson was chirping my ear in much the same way that I thought that Joe Flacco was going to win MVP when he was with the Denver Broncos because of Brinson. So I'm blaming him up for both of those. But as Brinson just noted, as you alluded to, this is the best game Dak Prescott's played. Clearly, 
uh, in this NFL season. He was really good in 2021. It's easy to forget that. And I think if we see this guy going forward, uh, just a little sneak peek, the Wizard Wilson line has come down considerably from what it was yesterday when it was minus 50. All right, so, well, you know what? Um, We're going to just dive into that. Because you said in Slack, the wins over Wilson line was San Francisco minus six and a half. You've moved it down to minus four and a half. How do you guys feel about that? That is the actual line. It's, what do you think about that? What do you think, Breeze? This is this may be the weirdest post-pandemic, whatever right. era we live in. Like, is Wilson's innate ability? Yes, to like decipher spreads. It, like you might you might hate your life because you have to do this podcast with me all the time. But if one thing is rubbed off correctly on you, it's how to like figure out how like you have figured out how to nail spreads. Well, and, yeah, and so you've won you nail spreads. Why do you keep coming in last and against the spreads on the CBS? Oh, so I'm saying that you because you're on. I'm not saying that I know about spreads. I'm saying oh. you've just been inundated subconsciously with gambling chatter. I'm like Zach Galifianakis in the uh, when the numbers fly by in the Hangover. Yes. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Anyway, so what what do you feel about this number four and a half? I would like to take the 49ers. Breach. Oh, I'm a little nervous. I'm probably leaning Cowboys. I can't believe it. There's a okay. All right. Look, well, let's let's walk through the look. If the Cowboys play the game that they play tonight, they're winning. It'll be it'll be a really good game. San Francisco is awesome. But what happens when Micah Parsons hits Brock Purdy in the first quarter really hard? Well, what happens when Trent Williams blocks Micah Parsons? He ain't going to block him sixty straight times. I'm just saying that, like, if you all right, let's take let's take all the problems with the Buccaneers, right? So let, they, let's I'm just saying let's let's compare them to the Forty ers Well, they don't exist in San Francisco. The offensive line is a massive problem in Tampa Bay. The quarterback situation in San Francisco is better. <laughs> I mean, the weapon. I think. I think the offensive. The offensive weapons. One's a football. One's an NFL team, and the other one's a JV team. I mean, that's the reality. The play calling and the play design and the quarterback performance and everything involved with this offense in Tampa Bay is a disaster. Like, okay. okay. By the way, Tom Brady brought this on himself for running Bruce Arians out of town. You're all up Tom Brady's on all over his jock just uh, uh, four days ago. I, I'm tilted. I don't know why I'm so tilted. What uh? So what? What is the Brinson line then? If you that would make you take the Cowboys? Um, I, I don't think it's like I don't think I'm like smashing the Niners. I just think I'm taking the Niners. Okay. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, obviously, like six and a half is you're thinking about the Cowboys. Okay. I think I, I need. I think I think I would personally need seven to back the Cowboys. I'm just nervous now based on what I've seen. Breach is this sustainable? Two games in a row for Dallas? I guess is the question. Uh, yeah, I think it is. I think the question everybody had after they just fell on their face and flopped against the commanders was, hey, look, the playoff Cowboys are already here, except they got here a week early in the regular season. And this is what's going to happen against Tampa Bay. And I think, Wilson, that's probably part of the reason, not just because you listen to crazy Brinson and dumb me, was that you saw what the Cowboys did in week 18. You're like, I'm picking the Buccaneers because yeah. I don't trust the Cowboys. And so now you see this team and it's like, all I need to see was Dak Prescott play a good game because he really had not done that. It just it, his throws or a lot of iffy throws uh, and the, that seven game stretch we're talking about uh, 11 of his 15 interceptions. I mean, it was just uh, ugly. And so you couldn't if you can't trust Dak, that offense isn't going to work. And so, yeah, I, I don't think they're. But now this Cowboys team, whoo, I, I think. Cowboys 49ers is going to be a very, very good game on Sunday. So, Brinson, if the Cowboys play like they did on Monday night and the 49ers play like they did on Saturday night, what, what's that score? 
or what's the difference? Or how, you know, I think we ended up in a um, similar situation to what we saw last year when the Cowboys were knocked out of the playoffs. So that, and again, like, I don't look, remember what happened. What happened in that game? Oh, that's the Dak Prescott ran for a fourth and 18 yeah. game. Um, no, yeah. Dak Prescott QB draw with no timeouts yeah. on third down. Uh, and then the clock ran out before they can run another play. Look, like if, I don't. I don't want to poo-poo this Cowboys win because this was a road win against the greatest quarterback of all time, and in the playoffs, and they went in and dominated them. And Dak looked awesome from start to finish, and the Cowboys defense got all over Tom Brady, who looked completely flustered the entire game. So again, I'm not poo-pooing this 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 win. It's just I was wrong about the how the Bucks would show up in the playoffs, and I I, I firmly believe that the 49ers even with a rookie quarterback, given, especially given the way he played, Brock Purdy played last year, will show up against Dallas. I think that if Dallas shows up the way they did tonight, it will be a, an awesome divisional game between two teams that, I mean, were basically the hallmark of our, our youth, right? I mean, 49ers-Cowboys games were... Oh, wait a second. How old were you when... When Dwight Clark caught the touchdown pass over Everson Walls in the back of the end zone. Were you guys even alive then? I was really talking about the next run of the team. Uh, say, well, first of all, I'm very well versed in it because I've been you know. I've so many games with the 49ers. I was know? born the day before I caused the Bills to lose. I've so many losses in the stands in a baby poncho. Uh, the catch propelled the 49ers to Super Bowl 16 where they would play the drumroll Cincinnati Bengals guys, of course. They lost. Were you, wait, yeah. that was 82. Were you alive for that? It was the 81 was season. season. He's yeah, he 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 an embryo. He's a fetus in the stands. It counts. By the way, did y'all hear the um Oh yes, right. You were like nine the, days very, old. Very very quick, just because it's Cowboys Niners. Did you I don't I don't expect that you listen to the Emmett Smith interview I did? I was nope, I listened to it twice, but I listened to it with the Spanish subtitles, but I don't speak Spanish, which is really weird. Emmett I, I never I don't think I'd ever heard this before, but Emmett said in the ninety-two, so it was 1993 when the game happened, but the ninety-two uh, NFC title game, it, like the rain was crazy at candlestick. And Jimmy Johnson went out and walked the because I, I mentioned something about attention. To I did listen to that make you feel better. Yeah, it does. Well, I don't, I don't, yeah, but he was like, he's like, it's funny you mentioned attention to detail. He's like, Jimmy walked the field and like checked out the moisture and the level, like the water level and the field quality on like every angle of the field and went back and made North Turner and the offensive staff redesign the entire game plan. And was like, if you throw a comeback route to Michael Irvin, it needs to be on this side of the field. If you throw a pitch to Emmett or something where he has to cut, it needs to be on this side of the field. Which I, I mean, again, you you know, like just to bring this back to this game, I don't. Todd, Todd, I mean, Mike McCarthy overmatched Todd Bowles in this game. Todd Bowles is very underwhelming just in terms of what he brings at this yeah, office. I wouldn't go that far. I think Dak Prescott, to Breach's point, outplayed Tom Brady is more the storyline. Sure. Todd Bowles is Todd Bowles. Mike McCarthy is Mike McCarthy. I want to mention Victor Garcia in the comments said, LOL, leave it to Brinson to end the Cowboys playoff curse, which is funny. And, and Breach, I want to ask you this because Sam Bruce Smith asked in the comments. I sort of, I, I sort of asked you this, but he's pushing you on this. What evidence is there that this is sustainable over two weeks, re the, the Cowboys success? What evidence is there that it's not? I mean, look, the Cowboys the seven straight games with all the interceptions. Uh, right, and now that <laughs> ended, and that ended. That streak is over. So, okay. what is there? Why wouldn't you think they could start a new streak? So, the evidence to me is that their Dak had shown shown no inclination that he could put together a game like this. Yeah, uh, his thumb had been bothering him. It looked like it, and now it does not look like it's bothering him. It looked like the Dak Prescott of old. So, to me, if he can play like that. 
that that's what I need to see. I need to see him not making inaccurate throws and throwing interceptions and just not looking good overall. And that's what he did this game. And so that was, I only need one game of evidence to think that he can play well from here on out. And I got it tonight. I can't I can't get to like something like that just because of the Tom Brady stuff. And I was like, if you get to the playoffs of Tom Brady, uh, being now 0-2 there, Rodgers and uh, Tom Brady. Also, apparently there was a, um, Tom Brady, his dad had a, a moment on the field. I didn't see it. We're podcasting. I have no idea what happened. Okay. You I don't know your, what the moment is either. Breach, you kiss your dad on the lips. Oh, well, Brady kissed his son on the lips in that, in that documentary. <laughs> so that's some, that's some things that family's it's do. Fine, it's fine. It's what your family does. It's fine. I'm not going to judge it. Um, he's judging. I can tell. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking it's a little bizarre. Uh, all right. Wilson, uh, um, hey Wilson, do you uh, kiss your children on the lips? No, I don't. What about you, Brinson? Do you kiss Robbie on the lips? Uh, I, I usually try not to, but he likes to pump fake me in it, like like like. <laughs> you know, he likes he likes to like mash his tongue in my nose and like be like, "Ha ha ha!" You got you got suckered. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I there's nothing wrong with it. It's just a little weird. It's a lot. I, I, know, I, was, I was just taking a poll. That's all. I was just taking a yeah. poll. What do you think, Billy? I mean, I you know, I, as I was a child, I, I mean, I did it with like my yeah. dad, but like you know. Well, what if you're 45 and on the on the football field after Monday Night Football? Yeah, I mean that's a little different, but you know, teachers. This own. is not dad shaming. No one's dad shaming. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, but yeah, like we said, teachers. Own. All, right. All right, moving along. Kissing the lips, kissing the lips, whatever. It's a smooch on the lips. Who cares? Europeans do it all the time. I assume I've never been there. Well, I've just... been there. They do. Okay, there you go. Okay, so. What is the Cowboys ceiling? Well, Breach thinks they have a chance next week. I think they have a chance. Like at minus four and a half. A chance. I'm going to be thinking long and hard about that one. I won't make a decision right now. I'm going to pull a Breach and wait. But let's say they win that game, Breach. Let's say they go to San Francisco and find a way to win. Then what? Look, their ceiling feels like it's the Super Bowl. I mean, that's the 49ers ceiling. That's the Eagles ceiling. Maybe not the Giants ceiling. I, I could see the Giants upsetting the Eagles, but I couldn't see the Giants winning too bit sorry Billy but I I but if we're talking about ceilings I don't think I could see them pulling off two straight huge upsets. I don't know maybe but the Cowboys have a gr- very very good defense and when their offense is clicking it's one of the better ones in the NFL and so man I they looked good. I'm just gonna keep saying they look good because they look good. They did look good and it's it's hard to remember the previous seven games when you see the play the way they play tonight. Well, what do you think their ceiling is? I mean, do you think it is? It's so weird to think about because this team hasn't obviously hasn't been to an NFC title game in uh, since 1995. And so to think about them getting there, it just almost blows your mind. It's like when the Bengals are trying to end their 31 year drought last year. It's just it's hard to wrap your head around because something always happens. You know, like we always talk about how the Chargers are always charging things up. That's the Cowboys when they get to the playoffs. But they did this. They ended uh 30-year drought. They had not won a road playoff game since 1992, and those are the kind of small first steps you take. You're like, all right, we got that monkey off our back. What's next? Next is getting the NFC title game. What's after that? So you just take one step at a time, get all those monkeys off your back, get to the Super Bowl. I think you're right. I, I think you're right. Now, my concern is, because when you get to this stage of the of the tournament, as the uh, smart people like to say, you know, everyone's evenly matched on paper, and then you have to look across the field of the dudes wearing the heads- headsets, and that's Kyle Shanahan versus Mike McCarthy. And yes. that's that's where I start to get a little, a little like, worried. Like, what, what, is, what is the gap between, like, what is the relative gap from 
Dak Prescott to Brock Purdy compared to Kyle Shanahan to Mike McCarthy. Although we kill Mike McCarthy for being conservative. Kyle Shanahan's so conservative. Yeah, yeah. but the, he just you has talk, better play calls. Right. You talk to people around the league, and Rick Spielman was talking about this today on the uh, with the first pick podcast. Like Kyle Shanahan is the best play caller, and it's not even close. It's not like remotely you, close. You talk to people, you know, that work with Sean McVay, and they'll tell you the same thing, which is sort of crazy. Um, I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard it, but Brady Quinn and I talked about this, and it was like, I think Brady was in was he in the system or he's boy he's boys with Kyle, um, but like Kyle's play call like the level like to which Kyle takes play calling is just outrageous in terms of how he approaches things and the, his like savant level knowledge. So yeah, I I I think I would take all right. Let me let me see this: Kyle and Brock or Dak and Mike. I'm taking Kyle and Brock. Independent of offensive line and weapons and all that. Yeah, in a vacuum, I am. But it, all it takes is one Brock Purdy egg to be laid, and then everyone's like, okay. I don't know. That, that yeah, was only like, a matter of time. Feels like he got the the nerves out against that first like, couple uh, drives against Seattle. I'll and, throw no. one thing out real quick on the uh, Mike McCarthy, Kyle Shanahan. They have faced each other three times as head coaches. Mike McCarthy. All three games have been decided by one score, mm. and Mike McCarthy is two and one. One other thing I'll throw out to counter your point, Breach. You know, you, oh, one, one. Here, here's the thing, and this is I'm throwing your stats back in your face, fun guy at the party late night. Oh boy, oh boy. Robbie Gold versus uh, Brett Mahar, or whatever <laughs> Mahar's first name is. Mayor, mayor's just mayor's just got Brett Mayor. Yeah. Oh my god! I mean, I'll throw one more thing at you. There's a little bit of a revenge narrative going yeah, on okay. here. Hey, Tom Brady revenge. Kyle Shanahan. Everyone was to blame Dan Quinn for the Super Bowl loss, and Dan Quinn was to blame Kyle Shanahan. They both blame each other. Oh, you don't find that suspicious? You don't find that suspicious? That's the best storyline in this game. And also, yes. though, the, the Robbie Gold thing. Robbie Gold literally holds the NFL record for most field goals without a miss in the playoffs. He is 25 for 25. Brett Maher can't even make an extra point. Uh, mm. So that that is quite the difference, especially, you know, I just said all three games between Shanahan and McCarthy have gone down to one score. So if you're talking about a one-score game, I, and I, I, I guess we'll talk about Maher in a little bit, but like you – Cannot I don't know if you're the Cowboys how you can trust him, but I also don't know how you can bring in a kicker on a short week and ask them uh, to kick in a playoff game with all this pressure. So there is a dicey situation. I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, Breach. We're gonna take a break and we're gonna do what we've been promising we do for the entire night and let you. Billy said he's he's crafted some elfin uh, Hobbit level tunes, like a little you know a little wind flute, and you're gonna do a five minute soliloquy on this kicker situation coming up next after the break. If you want to win your fantasy football league, it starts right now. The offseason is the best time to get ahead of the competition. We'll help you win your league on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, part of CBS Sports Podcast Network. Fantasy Football Today has three episodes every week following the latest news, giving you early rankings, early sleepers, breakouts, and busts. So if you're a dedicated fantasy football manager, check out the most dedicated podcast, Fantasy Football Today. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. This is Sandra Oreda from Attacking Third, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Golasso Network dedicated to all things women's soccer. 
With the NWSL expanding to 14 teams, the 2024 season promises to be bigger and better than ever, and Attacking Third will be along for the ride from start to finish. Before that, though, we'll be all over the CONCACAF W Gold Cup, where the U.S. Women's National Team is looking to clinch silverware on home soil. We'll also be keeping tabs on the Winter Transfer Window, the Women's Super League, the UEFA Women's Champions League, and elsewhere. Coming to you multiple times a week with game previews, recaps, analysis, breaking news, exclusive interviews, and more, Attacking Third is your one-stop shop for the best coverage of the women's game. Download, follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you subscribe to Attacking Third. So, <laughs> Brett, Ma- Brett Maher. I mean, the first one is like he missed it. It's like, all right, missed an extra point. Just kind of pushed it a little bit. The second was like the exact same kick. And if you've ever, like, if you've ever, and I, I, I think Troy Aikman made this comment on there, and I said, I said in Slack, I would make this comment. So I'm going to make it before I you know, set this up for you, Breach. If you ever play golf at all, you do, like, it's the same thing. You hit two of those shots, and immediately this gigantic, like, flood of blood rush, rushes to the top of your forehead, and you start to freak the F out. And you're like, holy crap, I don't know how to do what I'm trying to do physically and so naturally as a kicker you overcorrect the next one and after three you're like okay there's there's almost impossible this guy can't miss a he missed four straight extra points breach what give us start to finish what the hell happened i mean we have a mute button just sit here First of all, this is just it's it's unbelievable this happens. This is unprecedented. This was NFL history. No kicker in the history of the NFL. We go back to like the 1920 Rochester Ironman. I don't even know if it's a real team, but the, the kickers back then who couldn't even make kicks did not miss four extra points in a game. So in that sense, it is unprecedented. And Brinson, to your point about the golf, uh, look. It was already, I think, kind of in his head because if you rewind back to week 18, Cowboys versus Commanders, Dow scored one touchdown in that game. Uh, guess what happened? Brett Maher missed the extra point. So he was already coming into this game with that in his head. Most kickers move on. You don't think about it. But then when you go out and miss your first extra point of your next game, now you've missed two in a row. Now it is kind of in your head. And the weird thing about this is that all four misses were similar. Uh, if you've ever watched just a bunch of NFL games, which obviously all of us have, every kicker lines up the ball differently when they're kicking extra points. Brett Maher likes to put it on the far left hash uh, because he kind of likes to aim his kicks to to a, the slight right so that he can theoretically split the uprights. Uh, but, you know, none of that worked tonight. And then he missed all of his kicks right. One went off the upright. And so that... It, that just means the kick isn't horrible. Just part of his technique, whatever it was, I'd have to watch film to know exactly what it was. It probably is plant foot or his insteps just slightly past the right upright, but whatever it is, uh, you can't miss four extra points in a game. And now that you're the Dallas Cowboys, you're sitting there thinking, my God, we have this guy who holds the NFL record for most field goals of 60 yards or more. Brett Myers made four field goals of 60 yards more. No other kicker in NFL history. Not Justin Tucker. Not anyone has ever made that many. Uh, Brett Maher is money from outside of 50 yards, but you put him inside 45. He's like a reverse college kicker. I, I don't even know how to describe this. And so uh, this is definitely a situation the Cowboys are going to have to worry about because if the 49ers and Cowboys are going to play a close game, uh, you have to be able to trust your kicker. And if you're Mike McCarthy, I don't know how you can trust Maher right now. You set him out for a 43-yard field goal in the first quarter on Sunday, and he misses it. Can you even use him the rest of the game? I'm not sure you can. So 
Uh, they have some big decisions to make, and they're going to have to make in the next 24 hours because usually you have those tryout days on Tuesday. Uh, you know, Mike McCarthy, they're going to have to make some phone calls on the flight home back to Dallas to see if they can get a, a tryout set up for tomorrow. But you got to try and do something, at least bring guys in. Maybe you don't actually sign them. You keep Mar, but you have to leave your options open because this is – it was just insanity. Uh, last it, thing – yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying, like, if you're if – you're, um... We almost made it the whole five minutes. Well, I was pretty much. No, 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 he was stopping. He was stopping. I, <laughs> I, I, I felt right. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, okay. I felt like I did an appropriate job there. Yeah. Um, if you're like the Ryder Cup captain, or you're, you know, you're, 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 you're in charge of picking who's going to do this job. You're just like, look, man, like, like Brett, you've been great all season long. Everybody, when he hit like five, like five, six here, like this guy can't miss from sixty. You can't if you miss four extra points in a playoff game. You shouldn't win that playoff game. Well, against a remotely competent team. Yeah, that's right. But here I have two, one question and then one comment. Uh, I'll say the comment first. Uh, maybe what they should do is get the the long snapper to punt it back to like the the fifty yard line and let him kick sixty yarders as extra points. That's one option. Number two, and Breach asks this every time during the regular season, and you always say, "Well, there's no one better on the street." Who's on the street that's going to be better than Brett Maher? Uh, a better at kicking extra I mean, points? Anyone on this podcast at this point. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, that's funny, but I'm, I'm serious because you don't have a lot of choices, correct? I mean, all right. If your life was on the line, would you be willing to, would you like, would, Brett Maher would beat me in a field king competition from every no, no, yardage. No. You have to make four, you have to make one of four extra points. I can do that because I can kick field goals because I have a background in well, You got a bad ACL though and you're old. I'm willing to put that. Uh, however much money you want to put down, I'm willing to take would, that from you. I would look again. It's it's a whole different ball game when you this guy's a professional kicker. He's good at his job until tonight. But when it, again, it's the psychology of it. Like you miss that first one. You're like, oh, am I like opening my? Am I opening? No, my I understand game? all that. My question was, what's Plan B? Because as Breach has pointed out throughout the season and throughout the years on this podcast, there is no easy Plan B right. on the street. And you right. go and get, well, you go get like some random dude off. Wow, Billy. Working tonight. I know that's not a list of free agents. That's that's, that's the list of guys who are going to be a free agent after the season. So you can't right. add any of those guys right yeah. now. We appreciate it, Billy. Um, <laughs> but the, yeah, you can't like. I like I like the effort. I'm just saying, like you. I don't know, man. I think I would go with Bahar. I, I don't know what you do. You can't. I'll tell you what you can't have happen. You can't have like a Tuesday leak where Brett Maher is going to visit a sports psychologist. Why? That, doesn't affect, that doesn't affect him. He's going either way. I'm just saying you can't, you got to keep it in house. Okay, uh, that never happens anyway, does it? <laughs> Again, my question is this breach. What are you doing? Uh, all right. I do. I think I have one. Name. See, the thing is, I don't know if people are on practice squads and uh, one guy you could go out and sign reach. is <laughs> friend of the podcast. Rodrigo Blankenship Ooh. is out there. Uh, so the Cowboys could absolutely give him a call. Um, he's a I big think, Lego guy too. Whatever that's worth. Uh, Matt Amendola is out there. Uh, he's kicked for a few teams, but like you said, Wilson, there aren't a lot a a lot of great options. Those are your words. Probably your two best. Uh, I think Aldrick Roses is out there. Uh, he's played a couple years in the league. Uh, but I, I think you have to go with Maher. Those are your probably top he's, three options. He's ninety one percent coming into this game. In the regular season, I mean, I'm sure you listen to these stats. I wasn't listening. I was trying to be quiet so I wouldn't jump in. 
He led the league in pass, like, like extra points attempted and, and made 94.3. You just have him, you just have him go out there and you know what you do. You go, you go out there and on my, on Tuesday, you get victory Monday, Tuesday, you go out there and you have him bang down five to 10 extra points left footed. You might be out there a while. Uh, and Aldrick Roses was a Pro Bowler in 2018, but cut then cut this guy. This guy's I'm not. I'm not saying you cut him, but so breach. If you miss four or five extra points, and the first four are actually critical as the game is is playing itself out, the fifth one doesn't really matter. And I don't care if you made 91 percent or 99 percent, or you had missed one part of that point. I would imagine your mindset's going to be completely different over the next four days as uh, compared to the previous four months. But. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be in his head. There's nothing you can do. Uh, you know, you talk about it. We've seen whether it's uh, – was it Chuck Knobloch who forgot how to throw? That's a weird – yeah, that was horrible. No, it's it's just like it's the it's yips. Not, it's and yips. and it's it, – I've, I've gotten the yips playing golf before. I, I don't, well, I don't want to tell this story. All right, well, I'll break tell this story. No, you but you're, not paid, you're not paid millions of dollars. You know, like there's a huge yeah, – You have so many millions of dollars, you can get a coach to come in and give you slight tweaks to your mechanics that will straighten it up. But the, the point you also is not, might not want to tweak your mechanics five days right. before a game because what if well, that messes you up in the game? I, you already messed up. You missed four extra points. Well, I mean, but you did okay during the season. There, there's there, you, you shorten your swing. There, there's stuff they can do. So you're telling Breach how to kick <laughs> under pressure situations. Is that what I'm getting? Then you shorten your swing. I mean, like, no. You're I'm, not gonna, I'm like, saying that what you don't do if you're the Dallas Cowboys is you get another kicker. No one's saying that. I'm just asking Breach how this is going to play out based on his experience and his dad's experience. I just think you bring in two or three kickers. That doesn't mean you sign him. Maybe you keep Meyer for the game, but you have to have your options open. You have to know someone is there. If What if you get to practice Thursday and he misses four extra points? Like You just have to be ready. <laughs> you have to plan for the worst and hope for the best right. if you are Mike McCarthy. Imagine if Mike McCarthy – has the 49ers beat? He's the, the it's 30 to 28. We're talking to tie it up and all no, those 30, points. Yeah, or it's 30 to 28 with three seconds left, and they're trying a 35 yard field goal, which should be a gimme. And Maher misses it. And all we talk about is the fact that Mike McCarthy didn't go out and get a new kicker. No one's going to blame Maher. It's going to be Mike McCarthy yeah. sticking with his kicker. Uh, and so that's another part of this you got to consider. Oh, Breach, by the way, Lucas uh, Pulaski has a great question in, in, in Slack. I don't know if you would know this off the top of your head. I would imagine you do because you know everything about the great Jim Breach. Did uh, Jim ever miss uh, multiple kicks in a game, and what did he do to fix it, Breach? Uh, he did miss multiple kicks in a game. I do not think he ever missed – or yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It's probably happened multiple times, but it's different when it's – like a playoff game, this is a high-pressure situation, and this is like a choke job, a meltdown, if you will. So it really just depends. Well, that's what you don't see. I mean, this was a historically bad thing. A kicker missing a field goal. Most of them can just stop thinking about it, move on. You know, you put it in the lockbox and you keep playing. Um, so, yeah. And so most of them recover. And usually the only time they think about it is if maybe, you know, we saw Mike Vanderjack, uh, Blair Walsh, Billy Cundiff are all guys mm. who missed a last second field goal that seemed kind of mentally hurt by that and never really recovered to become kickers in the NFL again because they missed a high-pressure kick that cost their team a game. And so that happens. And that's not what happened here, but it was still historically bad. So it, it, I feel like most kickers can move on pretty easily unless they cost their team a high-profile game or a situation like this. There's never been a situation like this because the first time it's ever happened, so it's hard to say how Maher will react. All right, All right here's, 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 a fun, here's, here's a fun fact for you. 
The first time I could find Jim Breach missing multiple extra points in a single game. Uh-oh. Oh, he missed extra point. Those are short extra points, too, Breach. 1988. He went a, I had to go a long way to find multiple missed extra points. Your dad then made 30 consecutive extra points in a row. Your dad missed a lot. Like, I mean, not a lot of extra points. They were, hard, they were harder back then, right? No, they were 20 yards. No, they were, I mean, the fields were different. That's the only difference. Your dad went eight for eight one game uh, against Tampa. So, Brinson, your Mr. Positivity with special teams, let me ask you this. Let's say Brett Maher has a great week, and then he misses his two first extra points in this game next week against the 49ers. What are you doing as Mike McCarthy? You don't don't kick again. I I think, I I mean, look, this is... What if there's there's a 45-yard game-winning kick as time expires, you don't have a choice, and it's fourth and eight? You bring out uh, Dak Prescott. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, this is what I would do personally from a... And again, like, no, I don't even know that any, like, even like if you had an NFL head coach on here right now, like that they would be able to speak to this because you're talking about four straight missed extra points. Like it's, it's an unusual, I would lean it. I would be like, no, Brett's our guy. He is our guy. He's going to make these kicks. He's been fantastic all season. We're not worried about it. We're not bringing anyone in. We're going to let him fire away. And if he has three good days of practice, you don't sweat it. Now, if he goes out there on Tuesday and he's playing balls left and right, you got you got something to think about. Indeed, if you bring I, a bunch of, if you bring a bunch of dudes in, you you undermining his already shattered confidence. Well, I'll say the other thing that doesn't help his confidence, even though the decision ended up working out in their favor, is when, uh, you know, you have a chance to kick a I think like 35, 36 yard field goal in the fourth quarter, and you're you're winning. You're thinking it, it was fourth and four. And the Cowboys went for it and got a touchdown, which, you know, awesome, great call. But that you that plays into you're messing with your kicker's confidence even more. Poor Brett Maher ran out in the field like he was going to kick the field goal. And someone's like, yeah, Brett, we don't trust you anymore. And when he watches highlights from this game, he's going to see Dak Prescott like giant scowl and, and mouthing. We need to go for two because he was so upset with all the missed kicks. And so, uh, you know, Jonathan Jones is saying here that the Cowboys are all supporting with the locker room, which was what you expect. He's going to see how they really feel when he watches the highlights from these games. By the way, your dad, I mean, your dad's stats are kind of sneaky, incredible. 95, 96% extra points for his career. He was a decent enough kicker for his era. He never missed an extra point in the playoffs and made 81, 81.8% of his field goals in the playoffs. And if you look at him, like anyone that was remotely late in the season, like late in the in the in the run, he buried it. His playoff numbers are rock solid. He's better playoff percentage than Justin Tucker, Adam Vinatieri, Hall of Famer Morton Anderson, uh, friend of the podcast Jim Breach, and holds the NFL record for the most overtime field goals without a miss. So he was very rock solid and clutch. Situation. I call him the original Jeff Reed. If you didn't know that already, Breach. <laughs> that's where you got the serial killer mentality. From. Yeah, breaking paper towel machines out of the bathrooms. Um, okay, that? was that Jeff Reed? That was in fact Jeff Reed okay, at, okay. Uh, at the Sheets, as it turned out. Guys, I didn't Wait, think you, our, our Monday night playoff podcast with Tom Brady's last game in Tampa was going to turn into a kicker podcast. Jeff Reed or Mike Vanderjack? Who's your favorite idiot kicker? <laughs> uh, Vanderjack. He now that's a miss that you don't come back from. I mean, that's Peyton called him an idiot kicker. Well, he was first game drunk and mouthing off to the to the sheriff. All right, um, well, are we going to talk about the other team and specifically the old man behind the understanding? Right, uh, Tom Brady. I I I firmly believe he's going to the, the Las Vegas Raiders next year. 
That is the coldest hot take you've had in quite it's, some time. It's not a hot take. I just think it's a foregone conclusion. For, Breach, where are you on conclusion. that? Um, I don't think it's crazy. I mean, I think it's like 45%. That's how uncrazy like I think 68%. it is. 68%. I see yeah. all these reports he's going to stay in Tampa. I do not think he's going to stay in Tampa. I think he just has got one foot out the door. He's ready to roll. They're just tough to see him staying there. Let me ask you this. Who's more likely to stay in Tampa? Rank him one to three. Tom Brady, Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich. Well, Peter Report is, is is reporting that the Bucks are expected to fire Byron Leftwich, so that takes him out of the equation. He hasn't how, been. I mean, how do you keep How do you keep Bowles if you fire Leftwich? Well, I mean, the thing with Todd Bowles is you know he's conservative, so what he has done over the course of the season in terms of his decision making should not come as a surprise to anyone. Like he's not changing. That that is Todd Bowles. So you that was his first playoff appearance. Obviously, he lost it. Um, I think if I'm ranking guys who aren't there next year, I, I think Byron Leftwich is number one. Then I think Tom Brady's a close second. And I think Todd Bowles. I think Todd Bowles ranking guys who are not there next year. Yeah, Byron's yeah, number one. Obviously, if, if Peter Report, which they do a good job, they is, do a great he, job. Yeah. He's going to be gone. He's on a flight to Pittsburgh, so he's one. And Tom Brady's one B. He's yeah. on a flight to Vegas, and Todd Bowles is three. Bowles whatever B. you know, whatever that is, yeah. I think the most interesting team, although I don't think he'll end up there, would be the Titans because he's buddies with Mike Vrabel. During his free agency in 2020, we saw him uh, do the, the phone call with Vrabel to throw everybody off, but I don't think the Titans have a uh, receiving core that Brady, although maybe he'll be happy with a good defense and having Derrick Henry behind him. So And in a bad, bad-ish division, although the Jaguars are now. I mean, Sean Payton was on Colin Coward's radio show on uh, Monday. It was basically like, he was like, Cowers like, would you go to the Texans? He's like, well, I mean, that division, you know, it is. And he like stopped and paused. He's like, he's like, oh wait, I don't want to slander this entire division for being terrible, but it is terrible. Like you, if Tom Brady goes to the Titans, they're huge favorites to win the division next year. Um, I don't know if they're huge favorites. I would bet they're minus one seventy. Look, let's not kid ourselves. Tom Brady played terribly in this game, and he's played, well, okay. People try to talk themselves into him being not as bad as he's looked to the eyeballs. He's failed a lot of eyeball tests this season. Yeah, Brady, not a great season. Starting to look his age. Finally. He still throws a good deep ball, man. They they weren't aggressive enough. Carolina, they started bombing the ball down the field to Mike Evans. He looked awesome. At the end of the game there, with like a minute and 10 left, Mike Evans dropped, uh, had a bog off his fingertips. And he had Julio on that dime down the field. I, like, I think it's one of those where, to be, again, bad year, not, not trying to give Tom Brady a pass, but I think giving Tom Brady, who's playing decent football at age 45, a pass is fine when you consider the drop-off from Bruce Arians to the current coaching staff. Arians is aggressive, and they it fit together. They won a Super Bowl. Who wanted Arians out again? I already blamed him for it. Okay, so the matchups. Next week. We already talked about San Francisco and Dallas. Minus four and a half. What's the other games? We've got uh, Giants at Philly. That's, these, are uh, really, these are four really good games. Giants at Philly. I don't know what I said it was yesterday, but I, I'm putting it at, at, I like that at minus four and a half as well. <laughs> you were way off. I think it, it was over a touchdown, wasn't it? Seven and a half. Yeah, I'm taking. I, I like the. I'm. I'm. I'm telling you, man. Billy's trying to act all cool. He's nervous. He and Devo both. I do agree. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, how is that the debut of a run for? Well done. Well yeah. done, Billy. 
How did you have that as your finger? I, I like the Giants cover there too. Oh, I love it. You I don't believe you. Like the Wizards of Wilson cover or the Eagles actual truck cover? stick him. Oh. Um, all right, so here are the lines. We got them all out. Ooh, interesting. Uh, Chiefs hosting the Jaguars. Uh, that's minus that's minus seven and a half for wins over Wilson. Eight and a half over under fifty two. I don't do over under, so I, that that's that I'm is sorry, not. I'm just telling you what they are. I, I'm just telling you know that I don't have wins over Wilson's. I got to hire someone for that. I think the oh, God, these overs have so the over, over under hit tonight. It's the first time. The, so overs were five of six in the wild card weekend, I believe. Um, Giants at Philly seven and a half over under forty eight. Bengals at Bills. I'm saying I'm putting that at minus two and a half. I love Cincinnati in that game breach. I already know what the spread is, and it is double at least what you said. That's literally exactly double what he said. Brent uh, Brinson held, held up a five while you were looking down cheating. Right. Looking at the line. <laughs> oh, no, I was looking at the Brett Maher comments about Mike McCarthy. Oh, okay. I, I think over to 50 in that game, I really th- I really want to pick the Bengals to win and cover. The only concern is just the offensive line injuries are a problem. If anyone is equipped to handle offensive line issues and throw the ball in 0.2 seconds, it's uh, your favorite person on planet Earth, Joe Burrow. I'm not you guys want to know a fun fact about Joe Burrow? I would love to know one. <laughs> Joe is this, Burrow. Is this a record in like win and go home games? Is 6-0 in the month of January. He has never lost as a starter. Well, that's a good thing. 8-0 if you count college, too? If you want to count college, count college. You know what, Breach? Using that logic. Everyone should be all over the Jaguars because Breach Trevor Lawrence has never lost on Saturday. Trevor lost on Saturday. Never lost on Saturday. In his life. Trevor Lawrence has. That's uh, insane. He's never lost a football game on a Saturday in his life. Is it? He's the, he's always been the best player on the field on the best teams until the other night. I think it's yeah. not that crazy. I mean, if his name was Brett Maher and you told me that stat, I'd be like, yeah, that's bonkers. I mean, if you play college football for three years, you don't lose a game. He played with Dan Marzellini. Yeah, five points is just a ton. I, I I thought it would be like three. I I am shocked. <laughs> yeah, five that the Bengals are five point dogs. The offensive line is a concern for sure. Yeah, but Joe Burrow's Joe Burrow's Joe Burrow. I'm not feeding him. Let me ask and you this. Finally, let me ask you quickly this. Would you rather have the offensive line you currently have in Cincinnati, or would you rather have uh, the healthy offensive line going into that game, which is just Jonah Williams and the other two replacements, and replace Evan McPherson with Brett Maher? What would you rather have? <laughs> Uh, I have no idea. I'm, I'm not even sure what the question was, except I, that sure I, don't, I don't want Evan McPherson out and I don't want Evan Brett Maher in there, uh, but I do want a healthy offensive line. So I'm going to take that. All right. Then that just means Jonah Williams is healthy. I just said the offensive line. Probably Williams but you know, they, Jonah Williams has a dislocated kneecap. He did suffer a similar injury early, earlier this year. And I don't think he missed any time. Nice. So, and nice. Zach Taylor is saying that him and Alex cap are both week to week. I would be, I don't think either one of them will play, but I'd put it at like 40, 60. So uh, I think it was uh, Ben Baby uh, for ESPN. Ben Baby. Right. Breaches Alter Ego, who pointed out that it's like 60% or like 60 or 70% of the time when uh, Zach Taylor says somebody's week to week, they don't play. Like, like, so, so, like it's, a, it's a very high likelihood that if he's saying week to week, He's well, that's why I put a 40 60 tops on it. It's 40%. He'll play 60%. He won't. I, I would think if I had to guess right now, I would think neither of them play. John Breach reverse bin baby. Okay. Finally, Cowboys. We mentioned Cowboys at San Francisco. Minus four. Is that down? We have four and a half. 
It's four and a half. It's still four and a half on the wins over Wilson book. There's four I, now. It's dropping. I got to. I got to think about that. I'm not sure yet. Wins over Wilson is steaming the Cowboys. I'm a little nervous. I have to. I have to sleep on it and see how I feel. Here's here's what makes this fun for next weekend. And this to me, the divisional round of the playoffs is the best weekend of sports in the entire year. 52, 48, 50, 46. Those are big totals for the divisional round. We were talking about a game in Kansas City, a game in Philly, a game in Buffalo, and I guess a game in San Francisco. That's a lot of points expected to be scored. Good offenses, not total chalk, but explosive offenses. You got what? Uh, throwback to the. Oh, man. All right. You know, we'll talk about it later. We got plenty of time this week. Ball predictions tomorrow. 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for enjoying Breach's soliloquy. Kickers for Breach. For Wilson, I'm Brentson. Thanks for watching. We'll see you guys later. training is in full swing and fantasy baseball draft season is upon us that means you need to join us on fantasy baseball today in five part of the cbs sports podcast network join scott white chris towers and me frank stample every monday through saturday for six pods per week throughout the month of march we'll break down the latest news spring training updates players to target and much more in just five minutes make sure to download and follow on apple Podcasts, spotify the odyssey app and everywhere else podcasts are found